The time has come. From T20 specialist to one of the greats of the game, David Warner prepares for his final test. As rain looms over Sydney, Pakistan aimed to break their drought. Waka Yunus to join us 19 years after their last win on Aussie soil. Plus, what is the future of test cricket? Let's go around the wicket. Hi everyone, Dave Warner here. Uh, unfortunately, this is my last resort to do this, um, but a couple of days ago, our bags got uh, freighted via Qantas. Uh, we've gone through CCTV footage. Um, they've got some blind spots, apparently. Uh, we spoke to the Key West Hotel, who we absolutely trust and have gone through their cameras. No one's came into our rooms. But unfortunately, someone has taken my backpack out of my actual luggage, which had my backpack and my girl's presence in there. Inside this backpack was my baggy greens. That's sentimental to me. It's something that I would love to have back in my hands, walking out there uh, come this week. If it's the backpack that you really wanted, I have a spare one here. You won't get into trouble. Please reach out to Creed Australia or myself via my uh, social media. I'm happy to give this to you if you return my baggy greens. Thank you. It would not be a David Warner farewell without a little bit of extra drama. Hello and welcome to Around the Wicked. I'm Nerily Meadows. Michael Clark joins us. Callum Ferguson is alongside me as well. Pup, that's not what we wanted to hear ahead of his final test. His baggy green has gone missing, perhaps even stolen. We hope that it's rectified as soon as possible, but that's not the preparation you want. Only David Warner. That's all I can say. Um, and I like the fact that he's willing to give a free backpack if someone returns the baggy greens. I reckon there's a little bit of a difference between David Warner's backpack and his baggy greens. But, yeah, look, I'm a little – obviously, you don't want anyone to have something that you, you, know, you love and, and prioritise so much taken. Uh, I'm a little surprised why he was uh, – he had his baggy green – um, you know, taken with the rest of his cricket stuff. Normally that, normally your baggy green you carry with you on all occasions. Um, so your cricket gear goes on freight or with the team, but your baggy green normally goes in your hand luggage and you, you don't let go of it. Um, you know, you take it on the plane, you keep it at the hotel until game day. But, yeah, whatever's happened, um, it's a real shame and you don't wish this on anyone. We've seen it in the past. Uh, guys have had their baggy green stolen or taken, certainly on tours uh, out of Australia. But it's, in, it's very important to every uh, Australian cricketer. Your most prized possession. Sounds like Davey's obviously got a couple because the one he's probably used throughout his career is ripped, so he's got a new one. So I just hope that it is returned, um, whoever's taken in it, uh, whether by accident or stolen, um, hopefully it's found and returned because, yeah, very special. Um, you know, you cherish your baggy green cap. So even though, like I say, we have a bit of a laugh and I'm surprised it wasn't in his hand luggage or with him on, the, on uh, all occasions, uh, yeah, I really hope for Davey's sake he, he gets it back and he gets to wear it for the last time at the SCG. Fingers crossed it's all rectified, even while we're on air. We can see your baggy green behind you, Pup Callum. You played that one test. I bet yep. you that you would never let that baggy green out oh, of your sight. Just, yeah, it's absolutely staggering to hear that story because, 
like Michael said, you just wouldn't let it out of your sight, particularly when you're only playing your first test match. That's how I was. It was with me the entire time. So it's, it's a horrible story to hear, isn't it, really? You just hope he gets it back quickly. I love the fact that you've gone with the formal Michael as well. Very formal on it. Yeah, what about that? <laughs> We're looking First ahead only to time, a real special test, though. Of course, it is David Warner's farewell. He's 112th and final test. Let's hear from him as he approaches this end. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Um, it's a great decision. I think I've made, you know, I've got to give back to the family. Um, and also on the back of that, I think... I'm, I'm definitely retiring from one-day cricket as well. Um, that was something that I, I had said, you know, through the World Cup, get through that. And if, um, you know, winning it in India, I think that's a massive achievement. I've, always, I've said this all along, a boy from Housing Commission having a dream. Um, you know, I've not always fitted the mould, but I've been authentic um, and honest um, and not someone different. And I think that shows you on the field in Test cricket. I've played the exact same way. Um, I'm even playing lap shots like I do in T20 cricket. Well, Pup, you were there from the very beginning. You were the captain in 2011 when he made his test debut and you scored 139, so hats off to you as well. We'll give you a little bit of a pump-up on the way through. Yes. But he's obviously changed a lot as the years have gone by and it wasn't all smooth sailing. Can you give mm. us a bit of an insight into his growth? Yeah, look, I think well, Davey's spot on. The way he's played, he's stayed very similar um, from day one to, to now. Uh, he's had a stellar career. Opening the batting, such a hard position. There was a lot of doubt around the way Davey played. Could he cut it in test cricket? Um, started as a 2020 uh, player and, you know, there was always that risk. But I think from day one, um, everyone saw the talent. Very gifted, uh, can do things that a lot of players can't do. And he's been able to manage that role as an opening batsman but keep his intent, which is easier said than done. I think... You know, an Australian batsman that uh, that I guess set the tone when it came to opening batting was was Matthew Hayden. Um, you know, I used to love watching Haydos and Michael Slater walk out and bat and play that aggressive role. And I think Davey continued yeah. in that manner. I think he owned the way. Um, if the ball was full and there to drive early in his innings, he'd take it on. If it was short, he'd take on that pull or hook shot. He wanted to score runs, and that is the name of the game, but it's easier said than done trying to do that against a brand-new ball in Test cricket. So deserves a lot of praise. But, yeah, I think he's. I think the, the major changes have been off the field. I think, like all of us, you get older, you hope to get a little bit wiser, uh, you learn from your mistakes. I think Davey was, has always been a tough character, someone that I loved having in the team, that intense, that aggressive approach. But he was the same off the field. He was a little bull, uh, got into a little bit of trouble along the way. But uh, I think he had a lot of support and, and help from certainly senior players and, and around Cricket Australia that I guess at one stage allowed them or helped him not have his contract ripped up. Um, there was a bit of a fight to keep him because he was so important to the team. And I guess the confidence being his captain that, you know, at the start of his career that I think like all of us, we're all young or, you know, needed to learn lessons along the way. And Davey's game's really been learnt at the highest level, playing for Australia, which is not easy to do. So I think he deserves a lot of credit. The people around him, yeah, there's been some stuff off the field. Um, but I think everybody has to respect how good a player he was and what an unbelie unbelievable career he's, he certainly had. Ferg, you only need to look at social media to see that he's still a very polarising character. How do you think he'll be remembered? 
Oh, look, he'll be he'll be remembered fondly, I think, for a lot of the reasons that Pup just mentioned. He took the game on, which we love in Australia, you know, thinking back to Slater and, and obviously Hayden and even Langer, mm. taking the game on at the top of the order, early day one when it's at its toughest for batting. Uh, he was someone who didn't allow his form or lack of runs previously to affect the way he played going into the next Test match. He had a job to do for Australia. Took the game on and uh, I still remember him as a young player coming into the Australia A side and, and piling on big runs. So when we saw that, he obviously hit the international scene in T20 cricket, but a lot of us looked at the way he played in four-day cricket at Shield level and also um, in the Australia A side and thought, this guy's in for a huge career. He just takes the game on, doesn't matter who's bowling at him, he's going to dominate the attack. And, and he took that approach all the way through his career, whether he was in great form leading into a test match or he'd been struggling. Just a wonderful player to have in your team, the Bull. Pup, he's also announced that he's finishing up in the ODI arena. What a way to go out that World Cup win, and he played a huge part in that. But you're a little surprised that he's choosing to go on in the green and gold in T20. Tell us more. Uh, Yeah, I'm not surprised that he's retired from one-day cricket as well, Uh, certainly after winning the World Cup. I think Davey's, you know, achieved just about everything he can in that format as well. And, yeah, I, I, I guess I thought it would have been the, the ideal time to walk away from international cricket in general. But he obviously wants to keep playing 2020 cricket. Now the balance is going to be uh, form playing domestic T20s versus stepping up and playing international, which, um, again, you don't play too many T20s uh, for your country throughout the year. But I'd imagine it's, you you know, he's hanging on to that World Cup, which isn't too far away. He probably wants to play that and and walk away from there. But uh, he'll still have to earn his selection. I think that's going to be the key. I think his form now in domestic T20 is going to be something that the selectors will be looking at. Obviously, we've got the BBL happening and a lot of young players coming through in that T20 format um, that they might pick for the World Cup. But, yeah, look, he's like, again, I I think he's – the way Davies played in all three formats is credit to him. He's been extremely successful. um, And, yeah, hopefully this test match has no rain and he gets that farewell that he's worked so hard for. Well, Pup, stick with us because Steve Waugh has had some strong words to say about the overall future of the game, not just David Mm. Warner's. But as we go to the break, we need to pay tribute as well from the skipper himself, Pat Cummins, on his teammate. David Warner, one of a kind, and they'll miss him in more ways than one. Yeah, as many times we're sitting around at dinner for the 10th night in a row at the same restaurant in India or somewhere like that and he comes up with some story and suddenly there's our night sorted of David telling us how the world works. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried um, at times, but kind of at the same time, you know, T20 cricket's never had more supporters. I don't think there's been more supporters ever in the world watching cricket, so... Yeah, it's kind of, as a test cricket lover, I wish everyone was watching test cricket, but yeah, I've never seen cricket stronger than what it is at the moment. don't think it's my, <laughs> on my terms, a comment about the South African seven debutants, but I think that's just, that's just showing at the moment where it could be potentially heading. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of conversations, I think, in the next year, um, most definitely about it. And I think for us, we need to keep test cricket alive. It's... It's the pinnacle of the game. Um, we absolutely love it. And, you know, when you get that taste of it and you're out there five days toiling, 
I look at Pakistan series and we played 15 days of hard cricket and it all came down to the last day. That's what test cricket's all about. So hopefully that can keep surviving. Just when you think things are looking a little healthier, Pakistan put up a fight against Australia. South Africa get the better of India in a test match. South Africa then come out and announce a squad with seven uncapped players, including their captain, Neil Brand, for tests up against New Zealand. It's not a good look and it's prompted a legend of the game in Steve Waugh to come out on his Instagram page and put forward this statement. It, this, is this a defining moment in the death of Test cricket? Surely the ICC, along with cricket boards of India, England and Australia, must stop to, pro- stop, sorry, to protect the purest form of the game. A premium equal match fee for all Test players might be a good starting point. History and tradition must count for for something if we stand by and allow profits to be the defining criteria of the legacy of Bradman, Grace and Sobers will all be irrelevant. Hashtag time to be counted. Hashtag step up to the plate. Hashtag stand for something. And this is, of course, because the SA20 domestic competition is happening at the same time as these tests. Even David Warner admitted during his press conference that if There was lucrative T20 leagues around the world at the time that he started his test career. Perhaps even his test career would go in a different direction. Michael Clark, there's strong words from Steve Waugh. You said on this very show a couple of weeks ago that you were more concerned than ever about the future of test cricket. What do you think about this latest news? I think nothing's changed, in my opinion. Um, It's sad to see, to be honest. Uh, I understand South Africa's reasoning, but... Yeah, Test cricket's the pinnacle in my eyes. Uh, no domestic competition in the world should come in front of it, uh, in my opinion. Uh, playing for your country is the most important thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see this is the case. Like I say, I understand uh, from South, Afri- South African cricket's point of view, but, you know, imagine if Australia did this, imagine if India did it. Uh, did it. You know, I think it's already hard enough for fans to... Um, see, you know, your international team not at full strength playing, you know, a handful of one days in a, in a, in a series or 2020 in a series. I think fans want to see the best players play, but there's no doubt if, if the best players are not going to be picked um, for their country in test cricket, uh, yeah, it's an uphill battle. So, yeah, a really, um, really tough thing to see. I'd be interested to see what the South African players feel as well. Certainly their test captain and the other senior players that, you know, you'd like to think, like David Warner's just said, prioritise test cricket and do think it's the pinnacle. Um, you know, are they okay with being told that they need to be playing in their domestic T20 league over representing their country in a, in a test match? Uh, that would have been really tough for me to hear if that was the case um, when playing test cricket for Australia. So, yeah, uh, I think Steve Waugh's right. I think we've, you know, instead of, and we can all sit here and and not believe what's happening, but. I don't think it's. I don't think there's too many people around the world that aren't fearing where Test cricket's going. Um, so I think Tugger's right. We need to be trying to find a solution. And seems like a lot of things in life, money seems to be that solution. So if money is the the thing that's stopping all of this, then I think Tugger's right. In let's start by paying every single Test cricketer the same amount of money in regards to a match fee. Let's not prioritise Australia, England. 
um, and India. Let's make sure every country gets that same fee. But I think there's a lot more to it. I think the South African cricket have obviously invested a lot of money into this T20 tournament um, and they can't afford their big players to miss it. But, yeah, prioritising that over test cricket is uh, its a big change um, and something that, you know, I'm still not comfortable with. But if that's where we're going, then we have to accept it and move with the times. But I hope it's not where we're going. Ferg, is mm. Test cricket a luxury that a lot of these nations just can't afford anymore? I think at the moment it's proving to be that. You know, to see the South Africans go the way they have for this series in New Zealand, it's a huge warning flare for the for the whole of international Test cricket. And I think something needs to be done. I remember hearing Michael Holding a few years ago suggesting that we need more relevance to a lot of the Test matches being played. Div one, Div two. He talked about. Now I'm not sure if that's the answer, but it's certainly. It was great to hear him thinking about it, but it was all, all, almost poo-pooed at the time, suggesting that this isn't, you know, we're, we're talking about test cricket, we can't be going down this path. But now we see the first time a, a, a board has actually made that decision to prioritise a domestic local competition in their country over their test their test team. It, it is absolutely flabbergasting to us here in Australia, but I think we it's a dose of reality for us to suggest this is a bigger issue than what a lot of us have been willing to accept. And the commissioner of the SA20 is one of the greats of the game, not just South African cricketing, Graham Smith as well. So this is, it, it's just fascinating situation all across the board, isn't oh, it? I can't wait to see what the reaction is from not just, um, uh, say, Australia, but England, um, the board over in England, the ECB, uh, the BCCI, you know, how are they going to react to this? Because these, you know, our big four, as it's suggested, have always been so adamant that Test cricket's got to be the number one. And now a, a side that was a part of that big four for a long time has gone the other way on it. Oh, it's, it could be an extraordinary next couple of months on the international cricket front. Michael Clark, thank you very much for your time. I hope that you've put the rain dance away and we get a full five days of dramatic test cricket, <laughs> maybe a double ton for Davey and something like that to keep the sport alive, keep the greatest yep. form of the game alive. Pup, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to have the former skipper on his thoughts. Let's hope, as we say, it's all sunny skies in more ways than one. Oh, Don't yes, go please. anywhere, though, because the legends continue on around the Wicket Wacker Eunice to join us next. the MCG. We move on to the SCG and Cal, the legendary Waka Eunice was supposed to be sitting between us, but <laughs> missing my mate. after team director Muhammad Hafiz missed his flight to Sydney, it seems that Waka Eunice had a little bit of trouble getting to Melbourne to be with us, but he joins us nonetheless. Waka, great to have your company on Around the Wicked and I've got to start by saying happy anniversary. 1995 you took the very last wicket to record Pakistan's last win in a test here in Australia. You're nodding along. What were the memories from that one? Yeah, that's, that seems long time ago, but um, yeah, at, uh, <laughs> at a ball. I mean, before that, we never never won it long time back. Even, you know, we don't even remember when we won. So that was something very, very special. And uh, picking up 
a couple of late late wickets really you know uh, did the job for us and i think mushtaq ahmed i still remember mushi was the key key factor in that entire series he was the one who picked up uh, wickets also and uh, and and he was the man of the series from our side so but uh, yes still got uh, uh, memories from those, that game it was at the scg i hope we we, we should will be able to repeat that you got so close at the MCG, Waka had the Aussies at four for 16. It was those dropped catches in the end, though. What is it about Pakistan in the field and how <laughs> does the team wrap their arms around Abdullah Shafiq, who maybe shouldn't be seen in the slips again? Well, he he's not a bad fielder. You know, he's, he's pretty safe in the slips, but it's one of those days when you when things are not really working for you and, and, and you kept on and on sinking. And that's what happened with Abdullah Shafiq. Uh, uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure uh, Shan Masood will not take that risk in Sydney, putting him in the, in the slip. Uh, but yeah, that catch would have made a, a massive difference. But I still feel that, uh, you know, uh, overall performance, uh, uh, Pakistan, I think they did extremely good job because... Nobody gave Pakistan a chance of even getting anywhere close to uh, beating Australia, and uh, and 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 they were at one stage they looked really good. I mean that that drop catch and then Rizwan getting out at the wrong wrong time and and that partnership you know that that really broke our back. And uh, yeah, at least they've got a lot of confidence from from that game, and hopefully they will come uh, uh, more positive. They'll you know the feeling of. Uh, you know they can beat that beat australia i think that that was that was key and i think they will they'll do uh, pretty good here also in in sydney can they go again can they they get themselves up to go again led by shan masood after getting so close do you think look i mean they can i mean the young side and and they've shown uh, glimpses that they they their team in the in the making uh, and, and they've just learned very quickly from Perth to Melbourne, and I hope they keep that energy, they keep that passion uh, alive. Uh, I know uh, Fees said quite a bit uh, in, in his press conference, but uh, yes, I mean, if they carry on doing the way uh, they were doing their work in, in, in Melbourne, I think they'll, they'll give Australia a run for their money. And we were talking on the last show, Cal, about the DRS because that man, Mohammed yeah. Hafiz, had some strong words to say. Awaka, do you feel the same? Are you a little frustrated by DRS at the moment? Well, I, I was not uh, desperate um, uh, with, with Rizwan's wicket. It was a clear, clear, clear cut, uh, you know, ball hitting is, uh, you know, uh, that, that part of the glove, a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, uh, which, which, which hangs out. So... I don't really see, you know, there was anything wrong in that. Uh, yes, but we do uh, get some uh, uh, poor decision at, at times. Uh, and I, was in, in a way, agree to uh, agree to Hafiz where, where he said that, uh, you know, if, if the ball is hitting the stumps, it should be called out. Simple as that. I think technology has become a lot better. At, when, when we started, it was, there were a lot more uh, bad decisions were made. But I think it's, it's working well. And I think ICC can look into things that, you know, if the ball is even clipping the stumps, it should be given out. Wakar, David Warner's last test coming up at the SCG. What a player he's been, but he is a polarising character. How's he viewed from overseas? 
look uh, he is definitely a character and and cricket uh, will miss him once he once he leaves the arena because he is a he is is a great server of the game is a great server of australia is a fighter he is always out there uh, in the face which which you want to see from from the from uh, from the cricketers uh, which we don't see many around uh, but yeah the world is going to miss him he uh, a great cricketer a great friend also we play a lot of golf together uh, and um, uh, i love and i have i've happened to work with him in in different leagues around the world and uh, and i got on really really well with him i know there there are uh, uh, people who 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 feels the otherwise but for me wona i think he is one of the greats from australia and he'll be remembered for a long time Waka, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully next time you are back here alongside us. I will be the there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, don't worry. I won't miss, miss my flight next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll warm the seat up for you, mate. At least he owns yeah. Don't go anywhere. We've got the short stuff coming up next. The very, very short stuff with Callum Ferguson. Time for the short stuff. Ferg, favourite David Warner moment? Oh, 100 in a session at the SCG. That just I, I find that really hard to go past. He's had a lot of highlights, but that's the one for me. Ever missed a flight? Never missed a flight myself during my career, but Bryce McGain, an old mate of mine, uh, got picked for his first international tour, test tour, and uh, he missed his flight and then debuted about a week later and things didn't go so well for him. So that was a really tough one for him. I don't know how you miss your first flight for an international series. <laughs> Shout out to Bryce McGain. Yeah. Uh, what's the best thing to do in a rain delay and who was the most annoying teammate? Oh, I think sleep and try and avoid Doug Bollinger at all, at all costs. <laughs> I feel like Davey Warner might Dougie, be up but... there as oh, well. Yeah, Ferg, thanks for your time <laughs> and thank you for joining us on Around the Wicket. And David Warner, congratulations on an incredible career.